Check in with Hotelevate for insightful, engaging and relevant conversations in the world of hospitality today. It's an honor. Um, I have with me a successful entrepreneur. Uh, I think the whole industry is looking up to him. Um, for sure, I can say also cheering for him. Uh, he's worked with Taj in the past, uh, A.T. Kearney, I think, for some time. And then uh, I think he said what will become India's latest public hotel company, and I would imagine one of the top four or five uh, hotel companies in terms of market cap very soon. So Patu, uh, you know, almost 16 years for Lemon Tree, uh, a public company or a soon-to-be listed company uh, amongst the top hotel public companies in India. What is your state of mind right now? I know you're sleepy, but other than that, what's your state of mind right now? Well, it was very hectic. I think a couple of friends of mine went public two years ago, and they said, it's like having a baby. Nine months is gone. So I've been pregnant with possibility for nine months. And, you know, on 9th of April, coincidentally, we list. So I'm now quite relaxed, but I think what I've realized is that the public markets and the kind of scrutiny you face is so, so different to private market, private investors. So I guess going forward, we'll have to be, uh, I think, far more uh, aware of what's happening. Any lessons here? Yeah, my lessons are, I found it very interesting that, uh, you know, there are such a diverse set of investors globally. So I did a roadshow, as you know, in the US, in Europe, in Middle East and Far East. And of course, a brief one in India. And I found that uh, uh, investors across the board have such different perspectives that whoever goes public at whichever time, he or she has to find the right set of investors. So for the hotel business, obviously, you want forward-thinking, forward-looking people uh, who are willing to invest for at least three years. So you definitely don't want hedges, as an example. And people who are also... Uh, willing to bet on growth, because the big issue I found is that uh, uh, a lot of investors, especially some in India, uh, are very, you know, past performance oriented. So they'll say your EBITDA was X, so your multiple is, you know, 40X. You heard but the things. fact is that uh, every year the EBITDA grows at 70%. So two years forward, it's 12x, hypothetically. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't want to give, you know, specific statements. So the, the long-only international investors go for that. But many people, many investors look back, not forward. So there's no premium for growth. There's no, uh, they'll ask you about debt. Whereas uh, I found it uh, amazing that, uh, you know, we are actually relatively under-leveraged. But they said you have too high, your debt is too high. So you want growth, but you don't want debt. So, you know, there is this, and I, I don't blame them. I think they, they don't have comparables. So the biggest problem I found in the mid-market space was that there is no peer comparison. And the only comparison is with the listed players who are, I mean, the, the, top, uh, the top two listed players are really uh, luxury players. Right. So there was this, this issue. Did anybody uh, realize or ask you about the relationship between uh, earnings multiple and a return on capital employed? Because, you know, the two uh, industry stalwarts who traded high teens, early 20s, CV beta multiple, have inherently a low return on capital employed. So and I had an interesting experience on return on capital, and I found 
that uh, again I, you know i found that the informed investor was very different to the uninformed investor and i don't want to describe who are the informed and uninformed can you take names of who were informed and uh, who were not informed everybody who invested with me was informed <laughs> so here is the thought i'll give you an example of lemon tree so i read somewhere a return on capital is x so let's let me take a number which is not the real number 5% but if you split it we it's some of the parts so we have three sets of hotels we have hotels which are 2 years or older where the return on capital is 14% then i have hotels which are 2 years or less where the capital deployed is high because a hotel i built 10 years ago at 40 50 lakhs a key that same hotel today is 1 crore a key as sure. you as you more than anybody else would know right so one so i have two hotels same size one is earning say i invested i'm just taking numbers 100 crores and i'm earning 14 crores the other hotel which is the same size is 200 crores because it costs twice as much and it's earning 6 crores because it's not stable so you add the two the roce is 5% right now the third is i've got another 200 crores in a third hotel which is under construction now what the uninformed investor does is he adds the three ebitda and divides it by the three investments and your roce is 3% but the informed guy actually does a forward view so this is the problem i faced i think so who has the more money the informed guy or the uninformed guy informed informed he but he gets higher returns too okay. Okay. so there are i find follow-ons and lead investors so really even my investment bankers told me that you know go for the lead investors because they are market leaders and that's how you look at it okay so one question and i'm going to you know go straight to a point which is very relevant so you know we have this room full of uh, global hotel companies they all expect india to be the engine for their you know development pipeline and here we have the largest hotel public company in india at about 16000 out crores which is what about 2 billion dollars so there is completely a mismatch of what the market expects uh from a scale perspective in india and what's the size of the current hotel public companies do you think that's going to change in future do you see an opportunity for much larger public hotel companies uh which in a way is a true reflection of what a lot of our friends in this room come to india for so let me look at it from three or four different perspectives and not in any order of priority firstly we look at global hotel companies they've grown on three axes xyz x is price points which is one star to five star y is geographies z is associated businesses so, so typically a company would start say in the four star space in the us saturate that market growth slows down then they look for the next growth so they will then have a brand extension move into five or three star again saturate the us over time then expand to europe and so on so they will then cover these two axes and then after some time when you've grown you know you're still looking for new growth you will move into associated brand extensions like i would assume casinos or resorts or, you know home stays or vacation ownerships or cruise liners and so on in india for whatever reasons the traditional companies were focused on luxury um and in india a luxury company i don't think based on the demand that i sense exists here even completely consolidated you know uh, would not be more than a few billion dollars whatever that is so where is the opportunity in india my my view and that was actually the reason why i started lemon tree was that in india there is enormous latent demand but it's not being actualized now if you compare us to the best example which is china 
China in the last 20 years has created about 22-23% of global supply, about 3.8 million rooms. One company alone, like uh, China Logic, which is a $10 billion market cap company, has 10% of that supply, 3.38 million rooms. And this is all economy rooms. Okay? Right. And their game has been very simple. They have a franchise or a lease and convert model. Now, you cannot lease and convert in India because of local area regulations. So, how do you grow in India? Okay? My theory is very simple. If there is some guy who can create adequate supply at the two at, say, 1,500 to 3,000 rupees price point, which is where roughly China lodging is, then there is space for a million rooms in India. Okay, so some of the aggregators are trying to do it. You know, everybody's trying it. But my problem is you cannot get service from those guys. There, is, there are three questions. The legality of the asset, the, legality, uh, the, the meeting of regulatory requirements, which is are you paying minimum wages? And third is basic safety which is fire safety and so on. So to organize that space uh, legally and then take that entity public, I think is a huge challenge. So for me, I think the real issue is to become your own largest customer, which means you should become the largest developer of hotel assets in India if you want to succeed. I'm talking to you and to myself. Create the assets, find a vehicle to go asset light, which is sell it and lease it back in some form. So you need to operate across the entire value chain. So. The, the bigger issue is I think the grossly underwhelming financial returns have also dissuaded investors, entrepreneurs to really <coughs> dream big about scalability. And do you think that suboptimal underwhelming financial results or returns are market driven or do you think there are certain structural flaws in the industry which we can correct, improve the financial returns because only when you attract a large pool of capital at the right cost. You know, both you and I suffer from very high expectation on returns because they see a high degree of risk also. Do you think there's some structural flaws in the way we've been running this business for decades which can be corrected for us to get better returns, attract more capital, grow the scale, become relevant? So I assume you're talking mid-market because you operate also at luxury. Uh, so here's my view. So I think there's enormous supply but it is latent. Uh, enormous demand, but it's latent. So the key co point is, how do you create the supply? Can you create supply at the right cost per room? Right. With the right leverage? So in the last 10 years, I think the real issue, at least for me, when we grew quite rapidly, was growing but maintaining a dead equity loan-to-value of 33%, which is 0.5 is to 1 dead equity. And then timing it so that you could increase your debt when you have clear visibility on cash earnings. Flows. Right. On cash flows. And I think what the other thing, by the way, people don't understand is that a hotel is an appreciating asset. Depreciation is a tax benefit. So what you really look for in a hotel is cash profit, which is PAT plus depreciation and not PAT. Okay, because your depreciation is high, your interest is high, so you look at cash profit. So anyway, coming back to what I see as the issues. So the first structural issue to, is in supply creation in and of itself. My theory is the more supply you create, the more demand, the more awareness, and therefore the higher utilization. So it's a little contrarian. Number two is how do you create supply at the right price point because the Indian consumer wants every damn, every service that you can imagine at preferably no cost, okay? So you want to have a very high value for money offering. You don't want to trade off, and I'm talking about my business model, you don't want to trade off on location because there's an absence of enough public infrastructure and transport. You don't want to trade off on services. The Indian customer demands it, the mid-market guy. So what do you trade off? You trade off on product. So can you offer an Indian customer and educate him that this small room, 
with much smaller public spaces at half the price of, say, a five-star is the right model, the right thing for him to consume. So that was my theory, and I found that it worked, and we got much higher utilization. So fundamentally, I think the, the real challenge is creation of supply at the right cost per room, in the right location, highly effective uh, staff utilization ratios, which if you have gone through my RHP, you'll find I focused on. So you basically drive a revenue premium. Don't focus so much on food and other ancillary revenues. Sweat your asset minimize your operating expense, offer a high value for money experience. And my theory is, then the only question is, how much supply can you create? So, I know you and I have spoken several <coughs> times and about global versus local. Mm. And uh, I know you've always complained, I always smile when you ask, ask me about why do I only work with international brands. Mm. So, leading from your earlier, the earlier question about how to make the business more relevant financially, is there a question in your mind about the fact that global brands tend to add a lot of these costs which are necessarily not being appreciated and paid for by the customer in the rates. Uh, and do you see uh, a benefit or an advantage for homegrown brands to be able to cater to the customer? They're much closer to the demand, they're much closer to the mindset of the customer. Do you think that the local brands have an edge above the international brands when it comes to servicing the customer at a level which is profitable to the owner? The short answer is yes, but the long answer is I don't see domestic and global brands as competitors. My view is India is at such a nascent stage that it's actually a collaborative play. So to me, whether it's uh, you know an, in, uh, an international brand, a domestic brand, whether it's an aggregator, they're all creating awareness, trying to organize a market, and presumably trying to do the best for their various stakeholders. So on an overall basis, uh, I think it's good everybody comes in. Now, you're coming specifically to the benefits of going international versus domestic. Now, international operators are by definition smart people who you know, operate across multiple markets. And I think what they have to, and probably they already do recognize, are three things. First is that, uh, that the Indian customer wants full service. So the import and cut and paste of you know, a select service hotel will not work in India. That's at least my personal experience. Second is that their real responsibility is to the owner. And I think there is a play, and I'm personally mulling over it, which is to disrupt the traditional management and uh, branding model with a shared pain model. So I'm saying, is it possible I go to 100 hotel owners in India and I say, here's my fee structure. I will charge you nothing if my return on capital for you is below this. Um, when can we have a discussion? Sometime. But um, I, so, hope, I hope Neeraj Govil, Vivek Bhalla, they're all listening to this. Yeah, know, so my point the next is, time the discussion is fees beyond a certain return on capital employed. You know? Yeah, I think, and I think there is a clear case for it because you see traditionally, let's talk simple math. If you look at... Uh, 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 fees. Typically, you take one sixth to one seventh of the fees of a uh, of the profits of a hotel. So, ideally, if you have seven hotels, you're managing. It's like owning one with zero risk. The only risk is reputational, right, for underperformance. So, now, if you are taking one seventh or one sixth of the cream, and I'm speaking now from an asset ownership perspective, then certainly you have to have some downside. Okay, 
and uh, there has to be upside there has to be downside so the the broad mulling i have is that should i go and offer any asset owner a minimum expected return and i top that up but then i also take more obviously if i outperform so that's one possibility and it's like a quasi lease model that's one um the second the third point i was making broadly is that if you highly value for money your customers highly value for money oriented then it's your your responsibility to yourself as a manager and to your asset owner that uh, you know you have to be lean costing very lean in costing so i'll give you a personal experience we took over one hotel of a international brand and i found that uh, uh, their ex- operating expenses were 25% higher than ours on an apple to apple basis and that 25 20% was advertising and sales promotion and that is going to the brand and that's going to the brand why should the owner pay for it so you know i have a view and i think in india if you want to succeed you have to address these issues because fundamentally the cost of product is so high correct that uh, you know you have to give a return to that guy so you know we got about 7 and a half minutes left um, you know let's talk about some people so I, i'd like to know two three people who inspired you from times before elementary and also ask you to bit of a crystal ball gazing and tell me you know people in future who you think will lead the way so go to the past and see people who inspired you go to the future and tell me if you see um any people who you think will change the way this industry is going to operate right so you're talking about people who inspired me in the hotel business or no, just no, generally inspired no, no, me no anywhere inspiration is not sectoral well my biggest inspiration is mahatma gandhi actually and are you are you going to run some elections beyond after being a public company maybe who knows okay. <laughs> no i think i think my inspiration has not been really in the corporate sector or anybody i've worked with in bits and pieces there have been obviously inspiring leaders that i've had the privilege to work with but on an overall basis i think well it's like a oscar award speech you know i want to thank my father my mother well they have inspired me and i what they have inspired me about is not really the hotel business but about giving back and what i'm you know looking at in the next 10 years is also how organizations in india can contribute towards uh, improving the quality of life of the underprivileged in india and i think you know that that's a major focus for me and i ask myself uh, how i can leverage not at a cost to uh, stake other stakeholders but how can i leverage lemon tree which has 5000 employees which is doubling in 3 years to 10000 how can i you know use the organization to to provide employment to unemployable people or uneducated people and so on so that's my passion and people who inspire me there are interestingly two people you would have you would not imagine and it's something they said one is warren buffett when he said that he was asked why is he the world's most successful investor and he said i'm a winner of the ovarian lottery i was born to the right parents in the right place at the right time and it really resonated with me because there are 5 400 million indians who have been born in the wrong place at the wrong time not to the wrong parents and then of course was what winston churchill said that at 20 you are a if you are at 20 you are not a communist you have no heart and if at 40 you are not a capitalist you have no brains and i think that i want to go back and 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 just be a communist now so one you know 
half the room is I, I can see that zapped you you didn't expect this conversation so half <laughs> the room is uh, speculating uh, your share price on 9th of april and i know you won't talk about it and the half <coughs> the rest of the half of the room is trying to figure out where is the ponytail so what's the question <laughs> the share price on the ponytail ponytail share the price you would not give me an answer price. on right <laughs> I, i so you know elementary for all, some of you who don't know had this clan culture of having a ponytail and uh, i don't see it now and i i was thinking maybe at that time it was a comet you know with that tail and now it's become a sun so there's no tail so what's the story with the ponytail disappearing you know you know the ponytail was when i promoted started elementary i wanted to basically build one hotel right. and retire and uh, so i grew a ponytail because when i was in college i had a ponytail and it was the best time of my life because i had no responsibilities no accountability and my dad was paying all the bills so subconsciously i wanted to go back there and then a bunch of my colleagues said let's you know let's make this a part of we also want to grow it so we made it a part of our brand standards and all managers have ponytails okay so i think a time is running out hmm. or probably has run out but two questions before we end this uh, one is that uh, if you were to be given a choice to be either a brand or an owner what would you choose or a brand i think that's that's the highest choose, rose yeah. you'll choose to be a brand rather than being an owner mm-hmm. okay and uh, uh, the last question actually is that if you were to give a piece of advice to the people here what would that be whether it could be personal it could be professional it could be technical what is the piece of advice that you have actually I mean, you got to share your success part you you're talking about sharing your wealth but before you share your wealth you can definitely share the secrets of your success you know i think that 15 years ago it was a very rational market most of the asset owners in india so i'm talking business actually uh, were irrational investors they built for ego reasons or for formalizing of capital or whatever reasons so they were not really looking at returns now fortunately going forward there are rational investors you are the leader in that and i expect supply will now auto regulate which means it will be linked to expectations of return so i see that in the next 3 to 5 years there will be an acute shortage of rooms in india um uh, and therefore repricing what i found internationally everybody asked me is this sector when is it going to reprice and i i've been mulling over it and you know i, I told you that this september for the first time uh, lemon tree increased its prices by 14% and there was no impact on occupancy so i think i don't know where it's missing this this desire and i would recommend to any brand or manager that guys increase your prices because you owe it to the owner and somebody has to take a stand and why is it not happening so it's this is not uh, you know i don't want the competition commission to come and sit on my head but i think that was the biggest question people asked me that when are you guys going to have the uh, you know when are you going to increase the prices yeah, i mean ask us as an institutional owner i mean we've been investing in brands and being sold like commodities and i don't get this and you know i was told Uh, several times that hotel is a perishable commodity and therefore you got to sell your unsold inventory at the end of the day what i didn't understand is that i only deal in the branded segment so a brand cannot be a commodity it cannot be just sold at any price at the end of the day right so no but we have commoditized it in fact the brands have commoditized it and i think okay whatever were the reasons for the trauma of the hotel industry in the last 10 years going forward i think 
you know, that there has to be some rationality. And even if you have to take a hit on occupancy, what's the big deal? The market is poised to turn and therefore, uh, you know, as brands, as operators, as managers, it's our duty to, to, to actually do this on a rational basis. So, Paru, what's, what's next? Are you, are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you exhilarated? Do you see it as a, like you said, you've just been through a nine months of maternity and now you're going to deliver a baby. What's your, what's, what's, the, what's next really? Well, I want to have fun, okay. Are you not having fun so far? No, I've had fun. That first phase is over. So the fun for So me last I calculated, you'll be worth a couple of hundred million dollars and so <coughs> how else do you have fun really? Yeah, uh, now you're talking I like Mukesh Amani, you... that's a byproduct, no, no, right? No, it's not a byproduct, okay. but I don't think uh, it's, it's a relevant metric, frankly. It's just a number. What is important is, I think for me, is uh, one is of course the social impact I, I, I want to focus on. And the second is, uh, how do you create an ecosystem in India where you take all possible stakeholders, and I don't mean ownership, I mean alignment, and you uh, in some form capture the travel and hospitality market in India. So this is a intellectual, internal debate I'm having in my mind. And I think if I can find a solution to that, it'll be quite exciting. It's not, it's not about making money, or, you know, it's about the ecosystem. Okay. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure for me to talk to Patu. I think he needs a big round of applause, not for today's session, um, but what he has done to the industry in the last 16 years. Uh, I think we were waiting for a breath of fresh air, and I think the elementary listing uh, and to me, it doesn't matter at what price it gets listed, but the whole success of having created a public company in 16 years is, is inspiring, and I think it's only something that we can uh, you know, hope to follow. Patu, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.